So guys, I want to thank you for being flexible and meeting with me at 7 o'clock California time. What time is it for you, Bob? It's like midnight. No, I'm just kidding. It's like, <laughs> it's like 10 o'clock. Give a five-hour difference in Kentucky. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And it's Dave, what, what time is it for you? 10 o'clock. Oh, you guys are both in the same time zone. Yeah. 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 You know how typically we all have the same call at the same time because we're all three in the same, same time zone? Uh, are we really? I always thought you guys were behind me. But then again, I'm confused. With, really? With, 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 Eric and a- with Eric and Andrew, it's always weird because... His other podcast. No, because California, because uh, Canada doesn't do daylight savings time, and Andrew's in Texas, so it's like I never know exactly where I am. I always just say oh. New York time this or California time that. And so yeah, no, so it's it's in the evening. We just we finished up about an hour ago. I finished up earlier today, but I was working with the the team. There's a there's a, a young man named Scotty who does all the interstitials and the pickups and the high motion. So we shot a, a CNC of the logo of the show today. So I, I ran the CNC and he did a time-lapse of it. But it's funny, before we started, I was talking a little bit about how complicated a TV show is. And maybe it's just people justifying their, their existence. I don't know. But we shot several different small scenes that would have taken any one of the three of us eight minutes but being on this TV set, it could turn into three hours. Literally, something that will take will be three minutes or four minutes of screen time. They, the setup for that could take an hour and a half, and it's just unbelievable. Because I just turned, like, I have to bite my tongue because I could just literally turn to someone and say, "Can we just handhold it with, like, you know, the digital shoulder camera?" And this this would be over in five minutes, and it would be much more spontaneous. And, but that would put these eight people. To just go, you know, check the text messages and so hmm. I don't know. It's uh, it's I just a, what the it's just a very different world from what we do and and what the TV business is. They don't seem to have any interest in in like optimizing, do they? Like in making things efficient or making. I mean, I guess just having a safeguard to make sure that they get the shot exactly how they want it is probably the highest priority versus being efficient in being able to shoot things multiple times because it doesn't cost them much to shoot. Is that yeah. true? No, I mean, it's hmm. just a mindset. It abs- I'm like, why can't we just handhold this? And they go, um, and it's just, I said that quickly. And then it's just like, as if I said it to myself, nobody listens. <laughs> I just said, I guess it's no. not my place. <laughs> I, guess it's, I go, we can handhold this, can't we? I mean, it's just going to take five seconds. They set up a rolling bars, you know, like you see on the street when somebody's having a walk and talk, like in a real movie setup, they set up the the rolling casters and there's a whole camera crew and, and, you know, they, they speak a completely different language and give me a 24, eight And then all of a sudden there's a set of train tracks on the set and a dolly and a guy pushing. There's a guy that pushes the dolly. There's a guy that's on the dolly. There's a guy that gets the seat. So it's just a, it's just a very, it seems like a very set in its way system. Whereas, you know, if you can't answer this, that's okay. But are there yeah. ever times where they don't like the way the contestants respond or answer something and have them rephrase their their response? Uh, honestly, no, no. They never ask anybody to 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 change their answer. They always just say, and it happens when you know all three of us have done Skype calls with casting people. It's like, just please, just say that. 
when I was a kid. Because they'll go, when you were a kid, did you? And they'll go, oh, yeah, I did that. Uh, uh, please, when I was a kid. Oh, when I was a kid, yeah, I would do that. You know, whatever that is. So that's why I hear all day long <laughs> so that you don't hear the producer's question in the edit. And it's implied. So that's all I hear all day long is everybody's just giving one word answers and then the producer going, when when I was doing that. You know, they give you the little nudge and so they go, oh, when I was using the hot glue gun, I... Hmm. That, you know, uh, the one experience I've had with this was um, when I did the uh, escape room thing with Lowe's, they set yeah. up like after the fact we had these little interview things that they did off to the side. And so they took each one of us and they did an interview about things within the escape room after they had happened. And so like the way I do my videos is I intentionally uh, – well, if I'm doing voiceover, I talk about it in past tense, right? So I'll say, I did this, and then I did this, and then I did this. But now that I don't do as much voiceover, everything is present tense. And so we went to do this interview after the fact, and they had to keep saying, like, present As if you're in it. Because, yeah, like I'm in the moment doing the <laughs> thing, and I'm telling them about something. And I'm like, it's so unnatural. It doesn't make any sense. Like, you're looking at me sitting in a chair against, like, a backdrop, I'm obviously <laughs> not in there. Let's talk about it in the past tense. And they were yeah. really, like, cool about it, and they kind of let me meander back and forth between the tenses. But they were – I guess that's just a standard, you know, that they it when it's all cut together, they want it to seem like it's happening right now. Um, yeah, it it's just, so hokey. I always thought that was weird when you're yeah. – when you're watching Jersey Shore and there's a fight and then they pull out of the middle of the fight and then they have Snooky in this room like, well, she's doing this and it, like it sounds like it's in the moment, but it's yeah. obviously <laughs> not happening in that moment. It's so I think it's weird for the viewer as well. It's a it's a standard thing. It's just so hokey. It's such a yeah. standard thing. What I, I'm they don't interview me because I'm like with the contestants. Uh, there have been several times since we spoke last that I was in, interacting with them. And just helping them through their projects. And, and, uh, that's, I guess that's my screen time. Like they don't do any, what do they call them? They call them uh, on the fly interviews, OTFs on the fly. So they don't stop and go, Jimmy, when that person couldn't pick up the glue gun, what were you thinking? Like they don't do that with me. They haven't done that yet. And I don't think they're going to. <laughs> so I'm just in the moment with them. And that's, that's how I participate. And, uh, like I said last time, and same thing with this one, there's just so much story going on with all the different people that I would cut me out too. Um, but I'm, I am getting what feels like screen time because there are some pivotal moments that I helped with and, you know, it helped somebody get through whatever it was they were working on. And th there was some feel good moments, but when I did hammered and the few other shows I've done, the producers would always do the same thing with me. They say, say it as if it happened, say it as if you're in it. And say it as if you're going to do it. So I would do every one of huh. the tenses so that they could manipulate the edit however they needed. So they would That's do, uh, they would say, okay. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> they would, uh, they would do it. They would do that. And yeah, that's just TV. Are you ever on set you and you see something happening, whether with the camera person or director or the way people talk on camera and think, that's a great thing that I could possibly use in my videos. No. <laughs> no. Totally, like, it's a totally different ballgame, huh? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. 
the couple of the the guys that I get I get creative with the guys that are doing the interstitials because they're like getting slow mos of screws falling on tables and table saws flicking on and off and dust flying and they're shooting at like two hundred and forty frames a second on this big fancy Sony cam, so stuff like that is exciting. But you know, telling the story, I just look at it and go, oh my god, I I, I cannot, I, I can't see myself doing that you know, with what we do or what I do, you know, it's just so difficult to mm-hmm. tell a long story like that. But this is TV, you know, this is like regular middle America TV where they're looking for those heartfelt moments and we're looking for just technical, technical giveaway, basically. You know, there's not going to be a moment where I stop and do a tearjerker in the middle of me blacksmithing a knife you know i don't know i, I mean it, it might be something worth exploring you know <laughs> maybe you're right <laughs> maybe you're right yeah well have, have right. you gotten to make That's anything I, i've seen i've seen you've been working on like some cnc stuff but have you gotten to really do much else uh no really just just working on the cnc stuff because that's kind of quick and easy and I, I, I'm, I make a lot of shelves because every single day the shop is just cluttered with new stuff. Every time the makers come out, they bring out all their own personal stuff from their stations inside the barn and they leave it everywhere. And it, nothing really ever makes it back to them because it doesn't seem to be that – no one's really that possessive of like cans of spray paint and hot glue and stuff. And so every day there's just so much fodder, more and more fodder in the shop. So I'm, in the morning I'll go in. I'll make shelves and just stack them up. And the producers like the fact that the shop is looking more and more lived in. So tonight I was just experimenting on the CNC machine and then Scotty comes over and he goes, oh, can we do the show logo? And I was like, sure. So I set up a, I set up a file for the logo and then we set up a time lapse for it. And what's so funny is like the CNC machine to all of us and everybody in the YouTube community, it's like so, so, so old news. It's like, you don't even like, it was so like not, like it was so over it. But everybody there, everybody on set's like, what is that? What does that do? Is that a laser? How does that work? I'm like, oh my God. Like, how do you like how do you communicate with it? How do you put information into the robot? <laughs> it's so with your funny. brain. <laughs> it's so funny how they're just so disconnected from our community. Like super highly intelligent, like camera operators come over and they're like, how do you make that do what you're thinking? How do you? Do? I'm like the computer is right there, and and how, like do you like do you put a chip in it? I'm like no no. I tell the computer what I want it to do, and then I send it to the. It's I I keep telling him it's like printing a piece of paper, but it doesn't print. It cuts. I said it's the same way. I said you don't just you don't blow into the into the uh, into the cord on your computer. <laughs> and send a and send a print file. You know, you blow on the uh, USB cord. Like if you think of a thought, and then you grab the USB cord and blow on it really hard, and then a print comes out of your printing press, <laughs> out, of, out of your Epson printer, out of your printing press. You heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> that would be a funny edit to be able to do that. That would be. <laughs> you go bing, like you get an idea. And then you unplug it from your pr- from your computer, and then blow on it really hard, and then the printer prints. Hmm. So, <laughs> okay, there's your video. I'm do that one. Yeah, that's that would be an interstitial. That'll take probably about two weeks to shoot if I brought that idea up to the TV show. <laughs> <laughs> they would have to get props, and like everybody's got their job. So it was funny the other day they reset something, and it's like, can we can we get props in here to move the table? I'm like, do you mean move that table? I can do that. 
Like, yeah. he just shoved. Okay, no. Uh, and they grab. I'm showing you guys. I'm grabbing my collar. All right, call off props. Uh, we were able to handle it. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. We don't need anybody. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yesterday, there was like 50 people working, like helpers, the contestants, the cameramen, everybody. And they had they had just like reset back from this big thing. They changed the whole shop over to do a two-minute shoot. And then they were... So there's four, there's four chop saws on set, all set up on this fancy base from DeWalt. And there was only one of them was unfolded and ready to go because they moved them to the side. And instead of just moving them, it scenic feels compelled to move them and completely collapse them and close them up as if they're getting put away for a month instead of just picking them up and moving them to the side. So the contestants came out to do stuff and everybody said to me, we need, there's only one chop saw. Where are the other chop saws? And so I said to one of the guys, I said, guys, this, can you get somebody out here to set up the chop saws? And eight, like eight guys came out and they all grabbed one chop saw, all eight of them, got it together, unpacked it, put it down, plugged it in and all walked away. And I said, there's more tools to set up. I yelled at like the producer guy. I'm like, could you get them out here to set up the rest of the tools? They all came out, went to one thing, set it up, and then walked away. Do what it's you're just, told. It's just Nothing crazy. More. It's just crazy to me. It just, but you know, that's this business. You know, like I said, every circular saw I pick up, the blade is on backwards. You know, it's just crazy. But that's you know, working for yourself. You you just it's like you have to be competent, or you just can't work for yourself. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's kind of spreading the load around with that many people. It's like nobody really has to be competent in anything other than like their one specialty. So yeah. They know that somebody else is capable of doing that thing. They just have to worry about what's right in front of them. You know? And the, the, the other the other biggest problem, and, and it's, it's a complaint that everybody has, is that the minute you put a tool down, somebody will pick it up and put it down in another place. So there, like, there are things I haven't seen for like two days, and then all of a sudden it's just in the middle of the grass. It's just unbelievable. And today they brought a new rolling hmm. toolbox to the set. They're like, Jimmy, do you want to use this toolbox? I was like, okay, I'll take it. And so I took the keys. And tomorrow I'll put all my special stuff in it. And it's not stuff that I get to keep or want. I just It's like when one of the contestants comes to me and says, do we have a pair of end cutters? I'll know that in my toolbox I'll have a pair of end cutters. Because in the communal toolbox, everything, sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. No matter how much I ask, I say, I say, I go, somebody will come to me and Jim, do we have an air connector? Here's an air connector. Just please make sure you bring it back to me. It's like in the middle of the grass three hours later. Like nobody returns anything. But it's just, it's just like a free-for-all, crazy, frantic kindergarten class every day. And I, sp- I find myself most of the time just walking around picking up T-squares and like unwrapping cords because the contestants pull out. And, and all the air hoses are 100 feet long. And they only need to pull them 20 feet, but they pull the entire bundle off of the hook and it just looks like a huge telephone wire and everybody steps over it. No one takes the time to like unflatten it, put it back in loops, put it back, you know, take out the 10 feet you need, not the 100 feet and let the pile. So I feel like the kindergarten teacher just all day long, just like wrapping up hoses and picking up extension cords. I watch people pick up like a giant spaghetti pile of extension cords and take the one they need out and just drop the entire pile on the ground and like I, i'm like i'm over there like all tisking like unwrapping them and straightening them out and being all annoyed <laughs> <laughs> but that's just i mean it's primarily i just don't want to see somebody trip and get hurt because it, it, it somebody yeah. a couple of people have tripped you know they trip because 
everybody's cutting and dropping saws and then they drop a saw, it falls into the table and they go to the, the, the tool table and grab another one. And then all of a sudden there's like three saws at their station. So I'm just walking around, knolling and making sure everything gets put back. But it's an experience. It always is. It's fun. And uh, I have, I still have two more videos on a hard drive that I never edited. So I'm going to work on those and I'll have some videos to post while I'm here. So how's the how's the vlogging been? You said you'd be, you were planning on like shooting, you know, when you could, but have you had much chance to or has it been Uh yeah, I have I have a, a third vlog. I did two so far while I'm here and I'm put I'm I'm putting together a third one. But it, it's a little discouraging cuz the vlogs get like they, like lately they're not even breaking like 70,000 views. And so it's like I almost like don't even want to bother doing them because it's like it's you know, it's like I'm having like a pretty slip I'm down slip few weeks where like all my YouTube stuff is just slipping, like uh, my, how many viewers I'm adding and, you know, all my numbers seem to be dipping quite considerably. And so I'm like wondering, it gets back to that same question. Like, why am I doing this? Am I doing it for the numbers or am I doing it to, to, to do what I'm, what I want to do and that's, you know, inspire and, and entertain the people that, that are watching. But, uh, you know, so I, I I will put up another vlog, but it's a little discouraging that they don't get the views that you know it, that that they were getting. So maybe it's just you know people think I'm away or whatever. So the last two vlogs I did, you know, haven't broken seventy thousand views, and I have another pretty decent one. You know, people, it's funny because a lot of people are discovering my brother for the first time. I obviously didn't realize it, but a lot of people don't even know I have a brother. Because I have a lot of fans that, you know, it's been seven or eight years since we've worked together. It's been 10 years since he and I worked together. And people just don't know that. I just, because it's my personal experience, I just assume everybody knows it. But there are a lot of people like, oh my God, your brother's so funny. I didn't know you had a brother. He's like the evil version of you. And <laughs> so people are connecting to him through Instagram. I mean, his Instagram has, has gone up a bit and uh, people are finding him on YouTube and they're all, uh, he says he's getting all his crazy notes. They're like, Oh my God, you're so funny. You're like the evil Jimmy. And uh, so the vlogs are fun for that point. I get to like have fun with my brother. So I, I'm not going to not post them. It's just a little discouraging. So it doesn't, it doesn't make me want to rush to post them. It's basically, but my build video did okay. But, you know, just about about as average. As yeah, I mean, I've kind of seen that with, like, the Bits videos that I do. They consistently get a lot, you know, lower view count than everything else. And so it, it is yeah. <clears throat> kind of hard to be motivated to do them. Right. Uh, as motivated as the projects, because, I mean, obviously the projects are the first interest anyway. But it is, it's, it's harder to get motivated to do them. But at the same time, like, I have to yeah. kind of remind myself, like, what they're for. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of like a long-term help. And they're, you know, all the stuff we talked about last week. Um, I would look at it, as, as far as Jimmy's vlogs, 70,000 views is still, that's an insane amount no, it of is. eyeballs on your video. And I would think of it as those people that watch those videos, they are the core audience of you. Those are the, the people that watch every single one of your videos yeah. and like what you do. And so you're Definitely. still connecting with those people and those people are going to be long-term fans. And so you're adding value to those people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, it is true. I mean, I'm, I definitely do it for, you know, the, the, the tight circle of friends that, that, that are into them. I get people, I get so many notes that say, 
I don't even watch your build videos anymore. I just wait for these or, or you know, <laughs> these, I love these as much as the other stuff. And so I'm not, they're not going to, I'm not going to stop doing them. But from time to time, I do take a considerable break in between because I'm always looking now. Like I feel like a news reporter. I'm just looking for the good story. I could put a couple of cool shots together and then do like the Casey Neistat and just say, Hey, I'm here in California, but I want that. I want to share other people's stories. So I'm always looking for that good, a good conversation with somebody with just a couple of bits of wisdom or just interesting story for them to tell. So until I have two or three of those per, per vlog, I usually, I wait for those. So I would imagine you're surrounded by creative people where you could probably pull a cameraman aside and say, Hey, what's your story? Do you want to talk about it on camera? Absolutely. That is absolutely true. Absolutely. And I'm just, I get a little nervous, pull my camera out on set because everyone's like, they're looking at me like, Oh my God, what is he? What secret is he going to tell now? (laughs) (laughs) That's like today I'm getting, I I got a little daring this morning. I was like uh, Instagram storying on the set, but not the set we're on, but you know, driving through the New York set and the other things. People got excited about that. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that was cool. cool. But that's what I've been up to. Right on. You guys have anything fun to share at 10 o'clock at night? (laughs) (laughs) David, what what have you been up to? Check this out. So I'm working on my sculpture. I don't know if you see this, but... um, Sweet. It's not rusty anymore. It's not rusty anymore. So I took this. They're plant leaves. This video will be out maybe later this week or next week. And um, I went to a chrome plating place in town, and I took it in, and the guy's like, nope, not a chance. There's too many nooks and crannies. <laughs> and uh-huh. uh, he, he, he said, possibly if you did it leaf by leaf and then assembled it. Um, but I, and th- So I asked him, like, okay, let's say we did that. Uh, how much would that cost? He's like, it would probably be around 800 bucks. And I was like, okay. He's like, why don't you take it down next door? There was a, um, uh, what do you call it, a powder coating place. And they have it's it's pretty chrome like. I mean, they that's what they use on chrome mags and and stuff. So it cost fifty bucks to have this thing. What powder coated yeah. in chrome? Powder coated. Wow. It was fifty bucks. I, I I was I asked actually said I'm sorry. What, what was the price again? Fifty, <laughs> 50 bucks. <laughs> uh, so it looks really cool, and I'm really really happy with it. And uh, we just poured wow. some colored epoxy on the bottom where the yeah. dirt quote unquote would be and then the base is all done um really happy with the way this came out oh yeah and so Beautiful. yeah so now i'm like crazy into mixed media metalworking and stuff so i'm eyeballing plasma cutters and one of these awesome. days i want to pick your brain jimmy and, and see if uh if if a 110 plasma cutter is going to be good enough for cutting what what i'm going to need to cut Mostly like one yeah. eighth inch deal. Oh yeah, yeah, that's easy. That's real easy. See, Lincoln I don't, makes. I don't need a two two twenty for that. <clears throat> um, it might be better just to have the you know the higher ceiling, but but look into. I, I don't know the model number. I could find it out. But Lincoln makes a plasma cutter with an onboard compressor, and it's designed so you just like plug the whole thing in. Oh, it's all in one. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I forget the model number, but I could find that out for you. Sweet. Right. Well, that's awesome. So that's what I'm working on. and then. But that looks really cool. Thank you. And then we also built some shelves. We're not in my office today, but in my office, I'm working on a backdrop because we're going to start shooting videos in my office. And so I made these cool angular shelves that's going to hold little knickknacks and 
be background eye candy. Sweet. So uh, several weeks ago, or maybe even longer than that, you mentioned like wanting to do some music stuff, some videos about music and stuff. Mm-hmm. Is that still that is, is that what those videos are? Th- that is still yeah, that's still the plan. I am not doing. I'm not starting that channel until the book is done. Gotcha. I have to, I have to get the book done first, and yeah. we're almost there. Right on. Sweet. Um, let's see. For me, we are still like chugging along and still several weeks ahead. So it's kind of weird thinking about like what is coming out this week because it was done like four weeks ago. But I made a um, – a lot of people always ask me about crosscut sleds because I just have like a really simple one. Um, and so this week the video is making like the basic, basic crosscut sled, like nothing to it at all. And so it's making that, but then it's also making a box – that goes next to the table saw that attaches to the table saw. And then this box is a place to store the crosscut sled. And it has a pull-out panel so you can hang a bunch of your, you know, accessories and all that stuff on it. But then on the other side of this box, there's a flip-up extension wing. And I found these, um, these like, leaf brackets for a table. And each mm-hmm. one can hold like 300 pounds. So I got two of these to pull up an extension wing. So basically I added like, I think it's 32 inches to my table saw surface wow. on one side. Yeah. And it's awesome. It's so awesome. And it <laughs> folds down, so it doesn't really take up all that space, you know, all the time. But man, I can throw a full sheet on there now and just like by myself, like push it through. I don't have to worry about it hanging off too far on one side. Mm-hmm. It's great. Mm-hmm. And it's all, you know... It all compresses down. The crosscut sled slides in there, so it's not this big awkward thing because they're just always this big awkward piece that you have to like keep propped up against something. It's yeah. right there where I need it. It's hidden away. I can just pull it out and use it and stick it right back in there. It's pretty awesome. And it's, it's simple stuff. I mean, it's not nothing in it is complicated in any way whatsoever. But it's you know three three small but really useful things kind of in one little package. So. <clears throat> Pretty oh, that sounds exciting. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And we're working on a bunch of other uh, cool stuff for next several weeks that I'm really excited to tell everybody about when we get there, but we're not there yet. But another thing I am excited about that we put out um, last week or today. Yeah, today. <laughs> I get so confused. So my other podcast, No Instructions, is usually Josh and I, but last week, um, Forby was in town, and so... Josh, uh, myself, Forby, and Anthony all did the show together. So it's all four of us, the whole team, talking about like how we work together and what the process is and what everybody does. And and I think it turned out really cool. It's it's kind of long. It's like a, over an hour, maybe an hour and 20, 30 minutes or something like that. But <clears throat> I think for anybody that's curious, you get to find out a little bit about everybody else on the team, the roles that they play, and how it takes all four of us to do the stuff that we do. So it's pretty cool. I'm, I'm very happy with it. And I hope people listen. To uh, it. I'd like to see a softball game between you and Jocko's crew. Because of two biggest, <laughs> two biggest crews on YouTube. So he's got, I, he's got a lot of people. Yeah. I don't know if, <laughs> yeah. if we can talk about this, Bob, you can say if we can't and it can be cut out, but at maker fair this year, there's going to be the people behind the scenes panel. I heard that just got approved yeah. yesterday. Yeah, so there's going to be um, behind the scenes with Dan, right, that works with you. Yep. 
and Josh, at least, and maybe the other two guys. I'm not really sure who all's involved with it, but it's like the people that are on the teams, uh, you know, that make help us make these videos and stuff. And so that's pretty. Oh, cool. that's They're funny. If Brett, if Brett ends up going to the Make a Fair out there, I'll I'll try and get him on that panel. Well, Josh had talked to him last year about it specifically, and I think he wasn't going. Uh, Otherwise, he was supposed to be part of the original idea for it. Oh, well, Um, I'll talk him into going. He he needs to get involved in these things. He he kind of stays. He's like a homebody. He's a homebody. I know he regretted not going to WorkbenchCon. He was trying to act cool about it, but he should have went to that too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, get him to go because that would be an awesome addition to that particular panel um also uh my whole team all four of us we have a talk at maker fair as well so the four of us are going to do another thing talking about our process and how the whole team works together and you know know, similar to the podcast but we're going to do some q a so people can ask those guys hopefully not me but they can ask those guys about the process and like you know what they do because they all kind of have specialties now and they all make every the whole thing better by what they do so um, I'm, I'm excited about that. It's going to be cool to go out to Maker Fair with my whole team and like just I, I don't want to say show them off, but like show off the fact that like you know we're a team and like yeah. every yeah. I, it sounds weird when I say that, but I think you know what I mean. Like to show us off. Are you guys all going to wear? <laughs> are you guys going to all wear uh, orange coveralls and like frisbees on your like head? A onesie, like Devo. Yeah, we're all going to wear uh, all onesies, orange onesies, top to bottom, with big, giant name tags hanging around our necks so everybody knows who we are. Yeah, totally. Like, with a cake pan on your head like Devo. <laughs> so we kind of had a topic, I think. Did we have a topic? I think so. <laughs> it's being flexible. <laughs> being flexible. Yeah, we talked about... Jimmy hinted at it at the very beginning, but uh, we normally record this podcast on Mon- Monday mornings. Is that when it is? Yep. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's Tuesday night. And um, Bob's like, anybody have a topic? I'm like, let's just talk about being flexible because that's what we're doing right now for the next few weeks yeah. while, while Jimmy's away. And and uh, it's really important in in what we do. I mean, sticking to, sticking to a schedule is important, but it also... Mm-hmm it feels like work when you stick to a schedule and sometimes that's not always a good feeling and being flexible can introduce some, some, some new things into the workflow and, and, uh, and, and make things a lot easier. So. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think this, this podcast got a different vibe because it's all at night and you guys are like, you guys are at the end of your day and I'm kind of mostly at the end of my day. I have editing to do. I might run to Ho- home Depot to pick up a saw blade because if I ask for something on set, I try to be flexible. It takes forever for it to get there. So we need a new 10-inch saw blade. So when we're done, I might run over to Lowe's or Home Depot to get a saw blade. But yeah, no, th- this it's it's hard for me to be flexible. I have to be with you guys, but and I appreciate you being with me. Every day, th- I don't know what time I'm going to be in in the morning. I never know. I, it, sometimes it's... I basically just get to work every day at 6.30. Sometimes they only need me at 8. Sometimes they only need me at 7.30. But... That's just an official line item because they have to have like official rules for union rules. So they have to say exactly when I'm there. I just get there as early as possible because there's always something for me to do. I have to organize the shop. I got to make sure, you know, whatever the challenge is that day, I got to make sure that at least there's some consumables for that or whatever it is. But um, once in a long while, they only need me in at 830, which gives me the opportunity to talk to you guys in the morning. 
but not lately because there's just so much to do. The 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 shooting two each episode is two and a half days, and every day things shift around a little bit. They're supposed to shoot some of the YouTube stuff again with Nick and I, and it keeps getting pushed off. We shot one of them, which came out really funny, but uh, there's a few more to do. And, and every day it's like, we're going to do that after lunch. And then I'm waiting around and they come up and they're like, it's been scrapped. We're going to do this today instead. It's like, okay. And uh, now yeah, I so. know, I don't think you've ever worked a normal job where you clock in, right? Uh, no, I, well, it's a funny story that, the one job I used to clock in at, I used to punch a time card when I worked at a sign shop in my senior year of high school. And then I worked that summer right after high school going into the fall, which would have been my first year of college, which I didn't join because I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. So I used to punch in and I had to be there at eight in the morning and I would punch in at like 801, 802, 803. And the, and the owner's son would always ride me and yell at me. And so one day I punched in at 8.01 and he said, that's it, go home. I'm docking your pay. <laughs> <clears throat> and so I wow. said, you know what? I, you know what? I quit. And I ripped up my time card and I stuffed it back in the thing. And I walked out. He goes, you can't quit. I said, goodbye. And I just walked out. And that's the day I joined the School of Visual Arts. Hmm. So punching a clock is, is, a, you know, is a significant thing in my life in the direction that changed. Oh, that's beautiful. The reason I asked is because I've worked a handful of jobs where, you know, you're working for somebody else, you clock in. And when you're not busy, this this guilt comes over you like you should be doing something. So you're always mm-hmm. trying, you're trying to look busy even when you're not busy. Either you're either yeah. trying to look busy to make yourself look good or you look busy so the boss doesn't give you more work to do. But I'm wondering if, if you're on set and you don't really have anything to do, do you feel like you need to do something i clean up i just clean up and put tools away and just go around and make sure all the clips get back put back where they are and and uh that's it i just walk around and just i'm a tool wrangler i'm I'm like the i'm like it's like the whole place is like a bunch of orphan like pets and dogs and cats and no one cares about them when everyone punches out. I'm the only one that cares about all the little orphan cats and dogs. And I go and I make sure, like, I'm like, oh, this is the good sander. Oh, this is the sander that needed a little help. And I bring them all back to the table and I put them in organized fashion. So that's really what I do. So all day long, like, even if there's, like, a moment where they don't need me for any of the challenges or uh, – there are helpers. So they would – my specific job is really to kind of engineer stuff. So mm-hmm. even the helpers come to me, like when I'm not involved with the build that the helper is involved with, the helper will come to me and say, Jimmy, we have to do this. What is the best way to do this? And then I guide them through it. Uh, I just happen to have a lot of experience with a lot of problem solving. And and the helpers have been great too. They're like, wow, I'm learning so much just hanging out with you, which is nice. It's an honor to hear that. And uh, so now they're coming to me more often. So when, when they're assigned to somebody and that they don't necessarily need me, I am helping uh, in one way or another, like either like how to how to set up a table saw cut or what's the best way to glue this or fasten this or that. Um, so there are moments when I'm when I have absolutely nothing to do. So I just wrap up cords and wrangle battery operated palm sanders. They seem to be like four into everyone's table. So I just go around collecting them. I change sanding pads and uh, I check batteries, <laughs> make sure batteries are charged. So there's always something to keep busy. For real. So, Bob, in terms of being flexible, when you have a trip or an event coming up, 
do you hurry up to get something done in ahead of time of the trip or do you just let the trip happen and then you just everything just gets pushed pushed back four or five days i mean i I usually try to work ahead and and not like you know i don't try to cram to get it done but i just try to get as far ahead as i can and be reasonable because like i found that if i try to do too much work before a trip i don't enjoy the trip because i'm like spent at that point you know and I go on the trip and I'm already wiped out before I've even done the thing. And usually trips are meeting a lot of people and stuff like that. So I just prepare as best I can and then just deal with whatever's left over when I get back. I, but I, I did want to bring up like the flexibility. I think, you know, I'm at a point now where I get to talk about teams and I get to talk about how we work together. So I hope that's relevant to people. But, um, I've tried to set up kind of like the expectation here for everybody that I'm working with that stuff is going to change all the time because it just does. I mean, it's not like I plan that, but that's just the way things are. So everybody kind of has to roll with how stuff changes. And so at any given point, we can make a pivot and do something entirely different. And that's kind of the fun of it. But I was thinking about, and Jimmy, please don't take this as me this isn't a negative thing, but this is a pretty good example of this. So you having to change the schedule at which we record this has like a trickle down effect. Um, so like, instead of us typically recording on a Monday morning, you know, the guys know that I'm going to be recording. So they have to be quiet Monday mornings at nine o'clock. So they're either like, they'll come in a little bit late, like they'll go get coffee and stuff and then come in late. So they don't mess up the recording or they'll just come in and find something to do. That's not, in this room. And so since we've changed our recording schedule for a few weeks, that's changed how they start their week. You know, there's like a trickle down to it. So like I told them yesterday, we're going to record Wednesday morning. And they were like, Oh, it's fine. We'll just shift everything around. And you know, what we were going to do Wednesday morning, we can do Tuesday morning or Wednesday afternoon or whatever. And then tonight we decided to record late. So I told them, okay, we're switching back. So tomorrow morning, (laughs) like don't go get coffee, come in and we got to work. But it's cool that that's not a big deal. You know, like the, our, our kind of like pattern is to just have things change all the time and to be able to kind of roll with it and just adjust. Um, Like another example of that is with kids, kids get sick all the time. Like if they're in school, they just get sick because everybody is sick. (laughs) And, That like that affects that has like a weird trickle down to everything else too. So uh, Jenny takes care of a friend of ours kid on Monday mornings and then actually one of Josh's kids while his wife is doing a thing on Monday mornings and Sunday night, one of my kids got sick. And so like really late, she's calling both of the mothers saying, I don't want to keep your kid because I don't want your kid to get sick. And then that means they have to find new things to be flexible with and everything. And then Josh had to not come into work because he had to watch his kid so that his wife could do the thing because my kid was sick. It's just like a weird <laughs> trickle-down effect thing. Um, but with kids, it's the same kind of thing. You know, some if one of them gets sick, that becomes the priority, and you can't have them around other kids. You can't send them to school, so that changes, like, how I go to lunch and, you know if Jenny already has plans and I have to make sure that I'm home working, but make sure I'm taking care of the kid. Flexibility is just kind of like 
should be a part of everyone's life, whether you're in any of those particular situations or not. But I, I do know that if I was like a hyper rigid person to where I didn't like change, I didn't like things to have to shift, I would hate it most of the time because <laughs> stuff changes for me every single day. Uh, I think it's like a, definitely a good skill to have. And it's, if it's not something that you're used to doing, it's totally worth the practice, I think. Well, they say the only guaranteed thing is change. Taxes and death, right? Is that, is that what it is? <laughs> or change. <laughs> death and taxes are the only things that are guaranteed. Well, that's it. But, uh, you know, change is definitely going to happen. And, yeah. you know, Bob, I think- you've changed. i think when something comes up i think it's natural for a lot of people maybe this is just me but i think it's natural for a lot of people like that is not what i'm used to this is bad of course just sit and think about it for a minute give it a minute to soak in you're like oh maybe i can take advantage of this somehow i just remember being at my old job and like there was a routine this is what we did all the time and when you know uh uh a new client comes in and something is is hot needs to be done right now like wh- what no this is th- this is not what i'm used to and if you just not react and just think about it for a second you're like ah it's just it's i got to do all of this anyway so what does it matter what order i do it in and being flexible is very important i actually just thought of something that's kind of a practical thing around this as well um a long time ago you mentioned a book called eat that frog Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Yeah. Have you, you know the book, yeah. I assume, because you recommended it. Well, one of the first things in it that it talks about, I'm, I'm listening to it right now, is getting like the most important, the biggest task thing to you, getting that done first. And that actually plays into flexibility as well. Because if you have the, like a really big, important thing that you keep putting off, you are less likely to be okay with being flexible because that thing is still out there. That thing Mm -hmm. is still waiting on you to do it. You still have the pressure of it. You still have all the, you know, everything attached to it. But if you schedule your days or your weeks or your year, whatever, in a way that gets the biggest, most important, hardest, ugliest thing out of the way first, then that pressure is gone or at least alleviated enough to where if crazy stuff happens after that, plans have to change it's not as big of a deal and i think like i think that's a pretty practical way to look at a lot of things and i I, my kids don't do this right like they um don't do a big piece of homework until the last day whereas i'm telling them you know if you do it up front it's out of the way and then like if we decide to go to a movie you can totally go because you don't have homework waiting there (laughs) you know so it's stuff like that but um i think that's kind of a practical way to to be helpful there that is totally me waiting to the last second to do something whether it's homework or uh i now it's mondays are the days that i design a project and then tuesdays we execute that i will find myself a lot of times starting that design 11 o'clock at night on the day before and Mm. but for some reason i do my best work under pressure it's when i have a lot of time it's it's like okay i'll work on this a little bit now it's time to go make a sandwich and and I'll, I'll just fiddle around with it. When I'm under pressure is, is when I do my best work. Something that I've done in 2019 to be more flexible is I don't schedule, and I know people don't want to talk about sponsors and stuff, but 
I don't schedule sponsors back to back, week to week, because that gives me a little bit more, it takes a lot of pressure off. And if a project takes two weeks to film, it's not a big deal. Like I didn't put out a video last week because we didn't get done. Not a big deal. There was no there was no deadline and I wasn't under the the gun of, of somebody else watching me. So if you can make your schedule that allows flexibility and allows change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Cool. Well, you guys have anything else on this? I don't want to like beat a dead horse, but and also it's late. <laughs> it's almost <laughs> eleven o'clock. <laughs> I think we could be flexible. I think that, about this. that's. <laughs> this yeah, yeah, we could be flexible. And go to bed. That'd yeah. be cool. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, I have a really good pick that somebody gave me. So, I guess it's not really mine. But anyway, I'm going to say it. Um, go. But while you guys figure out what you're going to suggest for people, I want to thank our Patreon supporters. Um, big thanks. To Wise Old Dal, Evan and Caitlin, Corey Ward, Works by Solo, Chad from Mancrafting, Caleb Harris, Maker in Training, Fun Kiss, Artistic Creations, Blondie Hacks, and Make, Build, and Modify. They're our top supporters, but everybody that supports us at any level on Patreon uh, gets the after show, which is a little bit more of us chatting, and it will probably be especially short this evening. <laughs> but it will be a little bit extra, because I actually have something kind of fun I want to talk about. Um so, if you want to help out the show, go to patreon.com slash making it and help us out. Or if you don't want to help over there, sharing the show, telling other people that you think might be interested, uh, that's really helpful as well. And uh, it means a lot. So, thank you. Hmm. Jimmy, do you have a pick? Uh, I, I Just because I don't have a better choice, I'm going to talk about uh, Hand Tool Rescue. That's my buddy Eric, and he's my podcast mate at, uh, over at the Fits All Podcast. But check out hand tool rescue because he rescues hand tools and uh you learn a lot he improvises a lot and he's very funny he's got a great sense of humor so if you don't already watch hand tool rescue go check it out right on he is a funny dude Mm, i guess it's my turn i'm going with the modern home project Mm. have you watched the the three videos on building the shipping container house with venue i haven't yet it's on my list so I saw when I saw the first. It's he's it looks like he started or they started a different channel just for this. And I saw when I saw the first video come out, I'm like, yeah, I'll probably watch that later. And then never did. And then the second video came out. I'm like, oh, I should go watch that first video. And holy cow, I have no desire to build a shipping container house ever in my life. But it's so interesting <laughs> to watch. It's really really good. I had no idea he had a second channel for this. I just subscribed. Thank you. Yeah, watch the videos. They're they're really in depth and they're really good, uh, and it's just what a fantastic series, and lots yeah. of information that I had no idea that you had to go through all this to build a shipping container house. Yep he he bent over backwards ten times to get the place done, and he did it. It's amazing. He followed through and what and seem what seemed like effortlessly for Ben. Ben just never lets anybody see him sweat. He's just. So cool, calm, and collected. I mean, he's an inspiration for many reasons, but that's one of them for me. Is it just he's just like cool as a cucumber all the time? That is true. Yeah, that is true. All right, so mine was a recommendation from somebody on Instagram, and I can't think of who it was right now, so I apologize to that person. But thank you for sending it over because it is awesome. Uh, the channel is called Tom's Modeling in Motion. This guy, Tom 
puts together model planes. But wait, <laughs> it's there's more. It's beautiful. He does he does stop motion of models going together, and some of these the detail and stuff on these tiny tiny little planes is amazing. And you, a lot of it, his hands are not in them, so you don't really get the scale of what's happening until. Like, you'll watch a whole little sequence of something going together in stop motion, and then it shows his hand, and you're like, well, that whole plane is the size of his thumb. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. Hmm. But they're really cool videos. Um, I'm not really what? particularly into planes or into models or anything, but it's just, like, watching these things. What, what should I search? Tom's Modeling name? in Motion. And just watching these things come together, you know, in, in stop motion is amazing and he has a lot of like where the camera where i guess he's spinning the model in front of the camera but it's being built while it's spinning and i don't know how he does that because hmm. it seems like as soon as you touch it it would change the st- uh, but i mean i don't really do stop motion so i don't you know maybe there's tricks there but anyway it's very cool um it's fun to watch so go check that out all right you guys got anything else mm. short one this week oh but, i'm subscribing you know, Blame it on Jimmy. <laughs> Just kidding. Don't blame it well, on Jimmy. What? All right. You guys got any, anything else? Hello? That's Hello? It. Hello? Yeah. Oh, that's it. I just subscribed to both of these channels you guys talked about. Hello? Hello. Jim, thanks for joining us, Jimmy. Welcome, Jimmy DeResta, to the show. <laughs> oh, hey. No, no. I, it's it's just bad internet. No, I subscribed yeah. to both the channels you guys suggested while we're here on online. So I'm watching the airplane videos. Cool. So, no, that's it. I'm just going to try and kickstart my internet. Yeah. Before we go to the uh, after show, <laughs> all right. You have to cool. Wind the machine. Well, thanks for thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, we'll see you next Love week. You. Next week. Love the internet. Mm-hmm.